we study God's word at music camp and God commands us to sing as to let his word dwell in us richly in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. We're to worship him musically. We're to proclaim his word musically. And so we want to train up our, our students, our children, to be able to sing skillfully with music, to understand what they're doing. The Bible says sing with understanding. But it's all couched in studying God's word, growing up as Christian worshipers. The default in our culture today is to be a music consumer. We are conditioned by the age we live in and the technology we have to be people who listen to music and it's an important part of our life. But we have lost something that our forefathers knew, which was being active participants in music. It used to be if you wanted music, you had to make the music. And now we, we just press a button. But uh, these students uh, are learning through the course of their time at music camp, not to be music consumers, but to be active participants in making music. So not only to learn how to sing well, how to understand music as it's written on a page and how it comes together in a group environment, but to be able to take those experiences and have them be the seeds that are planted for their involvement their whole life in the musical life of the church. We want these students to be the next wave of worshipers in the church who know how to sing to God. It's Friday! Welcome across Politic on the Fight Life Feast Network. Pastor Toby Chuck Knox on, on the Waterboy. I, and we got we got Michael Foster. It's it's good to be a man. That's right. It's also good to have chickens, right? Uh, yeah, he's got more chickens yes, than me yeah. than I do right now. That's what my wife tells me. Yeah. You got more chickens. So this this last year has been catastrophic in my my chicken um, Maybe coop. Maybe you lost uh, a bunch. I lost all of them except for one. So Katniss won. I got to talk about your chickens. <laughs> yeah. you, got, you got fifty some. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I lost uh, twelve, and is, I'm down to, down to one. Is the number oh. of chickens you have a measurement of your masculinity? <laughs> Well, let's hope not. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to buy more chickens. Yeah. Hey, okay. Uh, I, can, I hope, can I get the real quick, in? hang on here. Okay, We're going to get to the chicken so thing. Curious. i uh, I hope everyone's got their Protestant orange on today. You guys got your Protestant orange on today? Um, what about <laughs> Protestant blue? Nope. Nope. Protestant All orange. All the colors are Protestant. <laughs> why Why is it so important to have your Protestant orange on today? Our producer's oh, got yeah. it. Sit Our producer's got it. Why? so happy. What day is today? St. Patrick's know. Day. Uh, pa and all you papists are wearing green. It's a Protestant. <laughs> why are you sitting there doing Black man. History Month? Go, go, go. <laughs> why, come you, why come all of a sudden St. Patrick's Day comes around and you, you won't talk about it? You ain't playing no clips from the black reformers. I'm cool with that. Let's do it. What color do we get? I'm just saying. You know orange. Saying? We're Protestants. <laughs> Protestant orange. <laughs> That's right. It's like all lives matter. So I'm gonna, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all reformers' lives matter. <laughs> <laughs> Michael's oh. listening. Like, what just happened? Yeah. Oh, that's good. So I got, I got a little St. Patty's clip uh, uh, for you guys to kind of celebrate. But oh. remember, you got to be wearing your, uh, you know, St. Patty's orange, oh, not papist green. Okay. All right. Go ahead. That's a bad analogy, Patrick. You're the worst, Patrick. All right, sorry. The Trinity is like uh, this three-leaf clover here. I'm going to stop you right there, Patrick. <laughs> yeah, hold your horses, Patrick. You're about to confess partialism. <laughs> partialism? Yes, partialism. A heresy which asserts that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are not distinct persons of the Godhead, but are different parts of God, each composing one-third of the divine. 
And who confesses the heresy of partialism? The first season of the cartoon program Voltron, where five robot lion cars <laughs> merge together to form one giant robot samurai, obviously. All right, then it's like the three layers of an apple. Partialism revisited. Fine. The Trinity is a mystery which cannot be comprehended by human reason, but is understood only through faith and is best confessed in the words of the Athanasian Creed, which states that we worship one God in Trinity and Trinity in unity, neither confusing the persons nor dividing the substance, that we are compelled by the Christian truth to confess that each distinct person is God and Lord, and that the deity of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is one, equal in glory, co-equal in majesty. Well, why didn't you just say that, Patrick? <laughs> yeah, quit beating around the bush, Patrick. Now let's all put on some giant green foam hats, get riotously drunk, and vomit in the Chicago River to celebrate our conversion. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. It's, it's, a, it's a fun little confusing clip. Uh, you know, okay, I like that. That's good. One thing I did learn uh, about St. Patty, um, I didn't know this. I, I figured out that he was a slave. Right, mm -hmm. yeah, and uh, he it's always got to be about slavery. Well, mm -hmm. I'm just saying that there's <laughs> not black, but a slave. <laughs> it's like Knox. Knox you know always what? talking about slavery, and I'm <laughs> always you. talking about my rest. You I'm know, just it's saying, just like uh, it's always. Well, I'm, oh, to, here I'm, we go, I'm trying know. to make a point here. He was a slave, yeah, was. Um, and he got it's freed. True. And became a Christian and came back yeah. and preached the gospel to his yeah. his people. To his people his we don't, so I guess I could take this like a Black History Month, like slavery I you merge, did I Protestant, you, orange. Said, Protestant orange, Protestant orange, you know. There. And yeah. there's something that we can learn yeah. that sometimes slave masters need to hear the gospel from me. So, how, how does this look? So, huh? Think like that. That look good. Is, it? Is that good? I don't know. Um, home. <laughs> <laughs> Home, it's where you build your legacy, where traditions are started, seeds are planted, meals are shared, stories are told, and where you also have maybe like 50 chickens. Home or is one. where you prepare to go out into the world. Finding the home that's perfect for your family is a big job. Story Real Estate is Moscow, Idaho's top real estate team. They give people real estate advice actually all over the country. Yeah. Family homes, investments, land, new construction, or commercial they know real estate. <laughs> if you've thought about a move to Moscow or anywhere in the country, reach out to get connected with a story real estate agent. Wherever you're going, they can help guide you home. Visit storyrealestate.com. Man, you read that ad way better than I did. Just, I think I read um, it on Monday. Would you it say that horrible. I read it even better than James White we, could we, read it? Yeah, you did. Okay. I mean, I think I refunded our <laughs> corporate partner for how I read the ad. <laughs> it's not bad. <laughs> so, uh, Mr. Foster, I was just wondering, at what point did you regret the idea of coming on this show? <laughs> Recently. <laughs> like in the last five minutes? <laughs> Def definitely just, recently. I was just wondering, I see it in your face. He's like, I need to call my agent and get them to get me out of here. Yeah, right. uh, um, so, I don't know if you've been paying attention. You got, what, 50 chickens? Yep. Okay, so we're going to talk about this. because she got more than nine. My daughter just had. Please stop it. Please 14. stop talking about more. No, no He's I got, She's got 14 herself. Yeah. Yeah. She hatched uh, 14 little chicks while I was yeah. away. And they're all still alive? Um, yeah, those yeah. ones are. Yeah. Gabe, how many of yours are still alive? Uh, so I know, Michael, you don't listen to our show, but um, uh, over over the last number of months, um, so I started out with 12 chickens. <laughs> yeah, yep. you might want to take okay. a drink, you're gonna be and here I got for this, a while. I got, I got this old 1950s barn, and it's it's a leaky barn. Cool, and uh, I I kept um, my kid came, my kids came back and said, Dad, some of the chickens are gone. So I went out there and looked, and I found a hole and I patched it up, and then my Kids came back, Dad, another chicken's gone. And I went out and Fine. found another hole and, and passed it up. And one of the um, – during the summer, we had a goose, um, too, mm -hmm. because my, my daughter is just – she just knows how to get animals and bring them to the property. <laughs> and she she went and grabbed a goose at her pond and, and won and brought it. And, <laughs> so we had a goose goose part of chickens. Yeah. Um, well, the goose – Goose is not a chicken. Trans chicken? The goose yeah. not, no, no, goose is not a chicken. 
Man, he got dive bombed by a hawk and killed. I mean, okay. like the hawk just mm, out of the sky. But the re- what happened to the rest of the chickens? Uh, and then, uh, but that, I was just kind of painting the picture that that wasn't my fault. Okay, that one. The goose wasn't my fault. And then um, slowly, uh, out of every time, or you know, was becoming a. It started becoming a weekly process because obviously the coyote got or or the fox. It's either coyote or fox that was getting in. Um, got more and more. Um, you know, knew where the chickens were at and tried harder and harder to get in. Well, anyways, we finally got down to um, what we thought were zero chickens. Um, and I patched the holes every time. Patched, up, found a new hole and patch it. Um, and, and we finally got down what we thought were no chickens. And then uh, my daughter went out to the barn like, like a, the, few, a few weeks a, later. A couple days. It's a couple oh, days. Okay. It's, it's a couple days. It went a few weeks. A couple days later, and, be, and she heard the. And she's like, there's still one chicken left. And so we named Did that, you name chicken that chicken Anne, Anne Frank. No, Katniss. Oh, because Anne Frank. <laughs> we named that chicken Katniss because it, it made it through the Hunger Games. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> we lost about eight to a uh, possum. You can tell it's a possum because they don't eat the whole chicken. They just eat some of the guts. Mm. Yeah. Leave it there. Yeah. And um, one day I came in the feed or get some stuff out of the, the barn. It was nighttime. Mm-hmm. And I saw a possum in the corner and this was like yeah. frozen. So I text my wife, tell Athanasius to come out. Here's my 14 year old. He comes out um, with a blow dart. We got him a blow dart. Gun. Nice. And so he's just sitting there. <laughs> and this, this possum just like, <laughs> and just like, if I stay still, I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's got like 14 darts in it. <laughs> and eventually he just gave up the ghost. Oh. And, uh, and then the chicks have been, They've been fine ever been since. Fine yeah. Okay, there so ha- yeah. are you familiar with the chicken conspiracy? This, that people the are about, the, about per, to feed? Yeah, feed and sure. all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of people, and we asked a lot of people <laughs> on our show, hey, how are your chickens managing right now? Because well, people- Particularly with egg laying. Yeah, right, right with egg laying, like, right? And we know that there's been bird flu. We know, we understand about the seasons and they lay a little less, but everyone that um, we talked to and a, a lot of our listeners that sent in and said, as soon as we changed our, our bird feed- um, from like the what was it like Perina, 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 Perina. Perina. Yeah. which my the, chickens were eating from yeah. the from the yeah. uh, tractor supply and found some somewhere local or even gave them scraps. Our chickens within a couple of days or within a week at least started laying eggs again. Are you, did you find yourself in the middle of that? And what was your well? We consensus? buy feed about about four months at a time from we our church. We have so many people that have chickens and livestock that a lot of time we go we'll go in and buy like feed for you know ten farms. Yeah, um, so yeah. we didn't have what kind that. of feed. From from yeah, just just from farms, right? That's an Emily question. Look, oh, here's yeah. what happened. Okay, okay. it's very simple. <laughs> okay. What happened? Good. <laughs> it, the, what happened? And this isn't this is a different chicken conspiracy. It's the Foster chicken conspiracy. All right, not the My, good one. Yeah, I I grew up in a farm as a kid, and I know what it's like having livestock. We had we had cows and chickens and horses and all this. Oh my! And uh, that's right. And so M wanted to get some chickens, and I said, sure, let's get let's start with six. So we start with six, and it, it goes well. I'm like, all right, we can get some more. She said, so like 20? And I said, well, uh, I don't know about that. So then I agree to, eventually she wears me down, and I I agree to 30, and then the, the, the chicks show up in their box. Mm-hmm. And there's like 53 chickens. <laughs> and I said, how do we go from 30 to 50? She's like, well, I thought, it, you know, some of them would die. You thought 23 of them would die? <laughs> um, and so then like two of them live. And then one day I come home, and there's these silkies, these little ugly poodle-looking chickens that don't really do anything and she gets five silky so my wife's the one getting all the chickens Mm -hmm. right she's like has a passion for eggs and we get three dozens a day right but uh everyone i know had bad it was bad food it was clear but i don't think it was like this conspiracy to not to stop egg production because it happened immediately 
And there's not many things that can stop that. It's feed. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. when you're in the business of selling feed to an animal that you mostly want eggs from and your feed stops that, it's a bad business model. Right. It was just clearly a bad batch of food or whatever. Yeah, right. But it was clearly, I mean, everyone I know, once they switched feed, it went right back. So, yeah. this is, so people did have a problem. It was a feed It really problem. was a feed problem. Yeah. There's no way around it. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I know... 10 people at least that yeah. had that. So yeah, it was well, bad feed. We, we, we covered it on the show and we asked our listeners to, to write in and we got like, I don't know, hundreds yeah. of people yeah. responded. Yeah. Yeah. And a, you know, apparently a lot of people listened to cross politic, watch cross politic. They have chickens. Have chickens. They're, 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 there was a chicken in their arms as they watched. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and, but that was the, uh, the anecdotal evidence that we, you know, that we got was a lot of people said it either they were not on the main, the Perina, you know, food chain feed. And so they never had a, a, a downturn mm -hmm. or they had a downturn, switched feed and it was, it came right back. Yeah, that, that's exactly, we yeah. were never on that yeah. and we have had plenty of eggs. Yeah. I guess the thing that um, kind of the, this goes a little deeper than that. The reason that I think that before, maybe before 2020 or maybe even in the early 2000s, I don't think anybody would ever say, oh, this is a conspiracy theory. I think everybody would have been like, you know what? The feed guys messed up. They didn't do things right. And so we have a bad feed issue. We'll yeah. send them an email. But after, it seems like in the last years, no one trusts their institutions, whatever they are, <laughs> that they can actually make honest mistakes anymore without there being some other nefarious reason behind. You know, and, and so I'm wondering, like, why do you think that our erosion for the trust of institutions has gone so far that the first thing that comes out is it's the food it's well, a conspiracy well, it's, just, it's not just that it's a food it's that they intentionally that they did intentionally it like, they, like, did this it. Is, like this is a conspiracy yeah people don't understand scale so take everyone was talking about all those uh, uh, chicken plants that were burning down like mm -hmm. this is not normal this is too much right, whatever right. first off it wasn't that many eggs compared to the scale of the egg production in America which is trillions it's like yeah. amazing yeah. amount of eggs right. it wasn't that wasn't it was a very like I don't even know if it was a single percentage loss. Right. Um, so let's just say you shut everything down for a year, you fire your best employees, and you're not m maintaining your facilities the normal way you do because you have a, a, a shutdown. Yeah. And what, then, what would be the shutdown? Like, what would the, shut us the, down? Well, the pandemic. Oh, so, oh right. So, right. So the, so didn't you get arrested during that time? <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. I did. Yeah. I did. Yeah. So... Did you get arrested during Black History Month? <laughs> he wasn't in the right neighborhood. <laughs> he was a slave for about two hours. It's true. It's true. Yeah, good. So you guys, you guys are brothers, um, just like Saint Patty. Um, but uh, and orange. <laughs> but anyway, I looked at that and I thought, well, I think probably what's happening is these these things have not been well maintained. They've lost people or whatever. And those things are known to have fires and, and trouble, whatever. Yeah. They're so killing. They're killing. So a lot of stuff yeah. that can explain this right, is right. that it was kind of a, it was a secondary symptom of the pandemic and shutdowns. And so a lot of the supply chain problems we see, all these issues we see, it's not, there's not one smoke-filled room of geniuses. There's a lot of smoke-filled rooms of idiots and and some of them try to capitalize on it. And that's, and now we're racing, we need order. So what I think it is, here's the truth. I think yeah. it's a rejection of sovereignty. So everyone, you need to feel like things are in control and people that aren't Christians need, if you're, if you're black, it's the man, right? Mm -hmm. It's homie, the clown. Don't mm -hmm. play that right. Going that's way right. back. Yep. If you're, if you're, color. if you're white trash, it's the Illuminati. How many white trash people have you ever heard talk about that? Do you remember the, the, the YouTube show Zygeist? It was mm -hmm. a real big show some years mm -hmm. ago. Um, they need that, but everyone's looking for some sort of power that's behind everything, controlling everything. Well, there is a power. It's God. God's in control. But I, I think this there is a tendency to um, 
project a, almost a level of deity onto yeah. government, which is hilarious, especially for conservatives, because out one side of their mouth, government can't do anything right. Right. On the outside, the but other side got, of their mouth, yeah, that's really they good. can like get all this stuff going. And you're like, yeah. look, your problem is like you need to back out and, and just say, look, Joseph, Daniel, Nehemiah, these are our times. God's in control of all things. Yeah, there's messed up things. There's messed up plans. But God works all those things according to his purpose. And so I see it as like, all right, just remember, anchor this all in sovereignty. They can conspire. They conspire against the Son of God, right? And right, what happens? Right, he right. laughs at them, right? right? And so I think that's uh, that just shows how weak our faith is. So, so, so that's interesting because so then, <laughs> so then now you got the World Economic Forum and you got this whole globalism that's happening. You have um, the way people are playing Ukraine. So there, there are there does seem to see be some sort of powers that are operating. Oh, they're there, trying, right? no doubt about it. So. Go ahead. Well, I was, there's this, I think it's like 417. I can't remember what year it was, but mm. I think it's 417. So there's all this BC weird- or AD? <clears throat> AD. Okay. There's all this crazy writing, um, kind of early medieval, right? As you're moving into medieval period. Mm -hmm. And they talked about how terrible this year was, like dark and all this stuff and the crops didn't grow. And everyone just like chalked it up to them having some flourishes in their writing. But it turned out there was like two volcanoes that exploded and it created a- you know, basically ash and it caused the sun not to get through, cooled the temperatures, and it really had uh, intense effects on the geopolitics of Europe mm. that year. A real interesting article, just kind of Google that, you'll find it. Who could have planned that, mm -hmm. right? So everyone has says, well, if things keep this way, this is what's going to happen, right? But uh, uh, things don't keep this way. Right. Like you, they, they draw this straight line, like all oh, this is predictable, like take 401ks. Mm. I always hear my friends that are like, 401ks are trustworthy. They have the best history. Best history. Like 50 years, man. I'm not saying don't use one. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> and there's a world, but that's not history. Like maybe it's us being post-millennial. We just have this tendency to think in larger periods of time. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But even when we think about church history, we we tend to think in hundreds of years at the very least, you know? And so I just think it's um, the way we approach this is imagining we can follow out trend lines and the the movements, everything that's going on, the number of variables, right. like is incredible. Right. And so mm. people, even we when so about, when yeah. you listen to what's that one guy, he's super interesting. The one that thinks China is about to fall. Yeah, Peter Zion. Yeah. So I read his book, and I it was kind of like um, Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah. I read Malcolm Gladwell. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, After yeah. a while, so like you read two Malcolm Gladwell books, you're like, you know what? No more. No more. This, <laughs> yep, is, a this, yep. is, a, this is the TED Talk of books. Yep. Like everything. Okay, some people think <laughs> that dogs are man's best friend. But what if man is dog's best friend? Like, he, like, his, whole, like his whole thing Where did is, that voice come from? That was incredible. He's doing our next trailer. Yeah. Movie trailer. He's doing our next trailer. <clears throat> so <laughs> the whole thing is a flip. What with, him, with Peter Zion, what freaks me out about him is he has no doubt and he's confident in all his answers when I saw him, I think, on Rogan. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't buy it. How do you like, well, this and this and this happens. They're drawing these straight lines. Mm -hmm. And uh, things don't go the way they're ever planned. Right. And so I think, like, they do from God's perspective. But just a little bit of humility would go a long <laughs> yeah, way. Right, right. You know, you right. kill a bunch of babies, which they did in China. There's going to be demographical consequences. And yeah. I think he's right. Yeah. Demographics and geography yeah, are, are huge, right? Yeah. America, God's blessed us. We've got oceans and mountains yeah. and, and really good soil in yeah. all the right places. Lots of chickens. Right? But it's a blessing, though, yeah. too, to have a certain sort of freedom that men work those grounds. Yes. Right? Well, you can't just and, and the question you ought to raise, I mean, so it makes a lot of great points. 
And then you, you stop and you think, but so why did, weren't they flourishing before we got here? Yes. I mean, there were thousands of Native Americans. Well, you, okay, as so we say they, like, who do you mean they? The Native Americans. <laughs> the Them in, people. The indigenous peoples. Um, they, they were here. Yeah. With this amazing place. Maybe they were flourishing. <laughs> you ever thought about Building that? civilization. You ever thought they liked it the way they were flourishing over against your way of flourishing? With your little bad blankets and stuff. <laughs> I'm in a mood today. No, I'm going to get him. So then when you look at 2020, I'm sorry, Pastor, were you done? <laughs> Apparently not. I just, I just steamrolled right through that. And, I'm done. Okay. Oh, so when you yeah, look yeah. at 2020, and all the things that happened, it freaked me out in the beginning because I'm like, I don't like the trajectory of where this is going. Absolutely. And it seems way too planned to get to a place where they're forced vaccinating us. I mm-hmm. remember feeling that way in end of February mm-hmm. before they ever came to the shutdowns. Um, and so when I saw that, I'm like, this is has a, a plan to get us somewhere. And I don't know who's behind this plan and who's orchestrating it, but it's not just us. Everybody is following this format. And I'm like, wait, Everybody? All of a sudden, so, you, you know. Well, I don't think that's 100% true. Um, okay, sweet. So, so what Some I of them white folks got it right. Well, so <laughs> who was pushing the vaccine? So if you remember the early days, the, it was they're, they're trying to figure, you, they're, the, they're trying to figure out how to politicize it. Because I remember that because it was like Trump and the conservatives, but they weren't really sure. Yeah. And so I think I would say through March, really. March was this month where people trying to figure out their angle yep. and their narrative. Yep. They weren't right. really sure. Lynn was, wasn't everybody. They were all over the it place. It was all over the yeah. place. And, right. I, and so I, I can't help but remember that. And I think back to that, like, okay, I think some of this was uncontrolled. Some of it was planned. And a lot of it was opportunism. Right. And, yeah. and I think uh, what liberals res- see that conservatives don't is that they have a killer instinct. So in boxing, one of my mm. favorite boxers, Dominic Wynn. No one knows who he is. He was an up-and-coming heavyweight champion. Well, he wasn't a champion. He was on his way. He's 21 or no, and beautiful boxer, knocks out Michael Grant, a couple other guys. It's going to be a big deal. The thing he didn't have, he never had a killer instinct. So you get people mm. in trouble a lot. He wouldn't go in for the kill. He's like yeah. LeBron James. He just couldn't go in for the kill, yeah. and he'd get him in trouble. No. And so he ends up not having – he ends up retiring like 36 and 12 or something, right? Respectable, and but not, not what he could have been because he lacks killer instincts. That's conservative. Democrats do not – or liberals, they do not lack killer instincts. When they mm. see an opportunity, they're vicious and they go for yeah. it. Yeah. And so they saw that in 2020 and and conservatives always are like, try to be gentlemen's about it. And I'm like, yeah. this is war. Right. Like you can't so, be a gentleman. So what does that look like? Yeah, so, so, so I think, because I think it's easy. I mean, you're right. I mean, because the conservative instinct, especially a Christian conservative instinct is, well, you know, the fruit of the spirit and, and you yeah. know, and, and these kinds of things. And so the killer instinct seems to be entirely synonymous with um, being nasty, being evil. Yep. So how, how, how does a Christian gentleman have a killer instinct? Well, um, they're trying to cut off our kids' penises. Yeah. Right. My killer instincts to stop that. Right. They're trying to take away actual freedoms to gather and worship God. Yeah. They're trying to decide they're taking away people's lives by taking away their livelihood. Yeah. So what we have to understand the killer instinct here is we see an opportunity to protect people from evil people that we previously didn't have. Hmm. So maybe one way to think about it, maybe it's not a perfect analogy, but uh, we're kind of in a, a, a prison camp of sorts. And when we see an opportunity to take back some level of freedom from, from the, the guards, that's what I'm talking about. Like and slavery. So, like slavery. <laughs> <laughs> Protestant but, orange. Pre- pre- Protestant pre- orange. Pre- <laughs> Protestant orange. All right. But, but there's just not, there's there's opportunities to go for it and they don't go for it. 
And so in my, my former denomination, the PCA, this was always my critique. I'd always say, look, your Southerness comes out. You guys are yeah. really polite. That's right. And uh, at one level, there's I have respect for people being dignified and respectable and prudent. All those sort of that temperance is a good thing. Hmm. But these guys mean to corrupt, corrupt your denomination and, and hurt your sheep. These are enemies. They're not friends. And so the killer instinct here is to protect. It's like turning on. Like, if I don't do this the people under my care are going to suffer. And I think there's a a responsibility that has to kick in. Like with a dad or a mom, like someone threatens your family, you you go into beast mode, you go another way. And and the church, the church kind of has that now. Now it's a little edgy because everyone's like, you know, you try to to shut our churches down. And then they're like, they're maybe a little more intense sometimes than they should be, but that's okay. I always learned when I, I used to work in collections and I could. I You've could, called me before, haven't I you? I did. And, uh, <laughs> I thought I remember yeah, that, that voice. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that, that voice yeah, for voice. the trailer. That's yeah, what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Straight up, I, I always hired you. black guys. <laughs> if if a black guy came in, is like, uh, hello, Mr. Foster. I was like. Oh, you hired. You know, <laughs> you're like, well, it's like people pay that voice. Yeah. They pay that voice. But um, hey, hey, he's coming for me. But right, anyhow, what I noticed is if I, I could always kind of calm a guy down, right, and, mm. and get him under control. But I always struggled to take a guy that was a nice guy. They're like, look, this person signed a contract mm. and they made a promise. This was for student loans. And we're, we're calling in to collect it. I'm just asking, you're asking them to keep their word and hold them to the terms of their contract. You don't have to be mean about it. Well, everyone has struggles. They do, but that's not, you're not part, that's not your part in this. Your part in this is to collect. Like I couldn't ever get those guys to toughen up. I could take tough kind of wild guys and I could generally like, got to stop. They're going to fire you, you know, and yeah. they would chill out and we'd get them contained. Right, yeah. And that's kind of our problem. Like we do, what we have now is we do have some wild younger guys out there. I'm seeing in the online space and whatever that are speaking yeah. up. We just need to kind of refine them and like, you know, uh, soft words break, break bones is what <laughs> proverb says. You can break bones with your words, man. Yeah. It doesn't have to always be wild. So I think people have, are, have woke up and there's, they need us to, to focus that killer instinct and and let people around them know that they're safe. Let their, the, the women, the children, uh, the guy next to them in the trenches know that mm-hmm. we're fighting the same fight. And mm-hmm. that's kind of where we are. We're in, moving into a sort of post-2020 post zone. The, it's like yeah. 9-11, the flags yeah. went up. Yeah. Everyone yeah. was patriots, right? Everyone yeah. loved the cops and fire department. And then the flags came down and things slowly changed. You know, you think of like, think of 2002, Attitude versus cops yeah. versus after Ferguson, right? Yeah, Things yeah. change quick, right. and that we're in a change right now. I think. So I'm sorry, Pastor. Well, um, I, was, I was thinking like he's making a movie, right? You're making a movie about manhood. A Canon Press is making a movie. They yeah. just have a real yeah. eye for talent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you got a little trailer. This is a little trailer. Um, uh, trailer? Okay. Um, let, me, let me read this ad, and then and then let's roll the okay. the trailer, and and let's let's talk to him about this. Well, I was going to roll this ad, but I don't know if it's going to roll. It's not. It's not moving. It's about rowdy Christian merch. Yes. Oh, there it's moving. If you're a fan of Cross Politic or the Fight Laugh Feast Network or Michael Foster, and yeah. it's a good beat a man or Canon Press or anything, then surely you know we have a merch store, right? Rowdy Christian Merch is your one-stop shop for everything cross-politic merchandise. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, hats, but we've also got specialty items like backpacks, mugs, coffee, even AirPod cases. Mm-hmm. I always laugh when I say AirPod cases. And then I was sitting next to somebody at Tapris and they were like, hey, I got my cross-politic AirPod no case. I was like, people <laughs> yeah. buy that? Yeah. It's, look, look, right there. <laughs> 
Yes, right there. Pastor. Right. Yes, that's. I got it right there. It's yeah, hilarious. Got that. You got a blue one. Show Where's him. mine? It's nice. Where's I, I, mine? I'm sorry. You, you are one of the what? people involved what? in that, so maybe I should yeah. make sure you have Visit one. Rowdy Christian merch at rowdychristian.com today and buy that next gift or a little. A little St. Patrick's Day gift yeah. for someone. It'll get that Protestant even, orange. Even you know? if it's a little late, again, yeah. it's it's rowdychristian.com. Let's 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 watch that 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 new uh, trailer. I don't care if you're talking to a purple hair feminist or a guy that could bench press 400 pounds. Everyone's saying the same thing: that our young men in this country they're not doing well. Now, some are comfortable being a feminist, but many are looking for guys. There's these guys that tell them the truth, that there was a world before feminism, and this is how women work. And some of it's good, a lot of it's really bad. And when they take that red pill and see the world for what it is, they get angry. They get angry because I won't be able to have what my father and my grandfather had. Yeah, you had a bad deal, and these things aren't all your fault, but you're still responsible for your response to the time that God has put you. So we want to help you to pave a way forward. We're going where Nehemiah took the people of Israel. They didn't rebuild Jerusalem tonight, but they were able to rebuild a wall. Together, we're going to fight with God against the sin in our own heart, the sin in this world, and we're going to be the men he made us to be. So let's do it. Who you talk to? <laughs> Sorry, I was going to go a really bad direction. <clears throat> Does everyone do this bad? Or is it just me? Was that? I really don't know. So, so you're going to finish building Trump's wall? Yeah. <laughs> That's my goal the whole time, man. That's right. My whole time. He said, you said earlier. Build that wall. Before we started the show, you said this is going to be like, what'd you say? Like the Godfather. Yeah, that's right. It's our generation's Godfather. Yeah. I was. So will there be a horse head in somebody's bed? Maybe a chicken head in someone's yard. (laughs) (laughs) I I already experienced that one. Uh, That's a a really powerful trailer. Yeah, and they did a great job. Can't impress, did a great job. You know, I I wanted to. I still am stuck kind of on some of the things you said before about soft man getting them to 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 kind of become harder uh, and know how to fight. But I'm interested. In, maybe we'll get to that question in a minute. Um, I've been watching a lot of guys get red pilled. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like in a lot of ways we lost a lot of black men to the effeminate culture, the uh, single mom, baby mama culture, um, and they've re- they've kind of come out in rejected that and it's um created another type of masculinity that is not good sure the well, kevin samuels guy that's come yeah on they love they love kevin that's Samuel exactly where i'm going away, yeah yeah so and they 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 then don't know how to really love a woman anymore and they see a woman and all she is is just for complete dominion and i don't mean that in a good way right. not yeah. cultivation and they don't trust her either they don't not, trust not, her no not absolutely not with any be and so um and i'm seeing this and so i in one sense i feel like a lot of the black culture has already been captured this way, yeah. and the last bastion of um, uncaptured men is white evangelical men, and so, yeah. and I think they're under a complete attack right now. And but they're turning, they're getting red pilled, and they're not becoming more masculine. They're becoming like the black man in a lot of ways have become, where they're Kevin Samuels type. Mm-hmm. And my mm-hmm. evidence of that is Andrew Tate, mm-hmm. right? Who is kind of a parallel to that, and it's like. He's not loving a woman and committing um, and submitting his sexual desires through covenant to her. Mm-hmm. Instead, he's becoming abusive in another 
form. And a lot of guys are going that way because they're just rejecting this. And the pendulum is swinging so far um, that there's no real defining um, form of masculinity anymore. I saw a guy ask you, how do I love my wife and not be a simp? Yeah. Yeah. And when I saw that, I was like, mm. oh, my goodness. I get those messages every day. Yeah, and, like and I'm that. so glad that you posted that because I'm seeing that happen on the other side where, like, I'm a man. I don't listen to you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, <laughs> like yeah. man, my wife has been some of my best counsel. Sure. But right. I'm also have been discipling her. And we've been, you know, we have good church and I, I can trust her. There's um, that I, I needed her. God thought I needed her. and It wasn't good for me to be alone. I'm not simping because I listen to my wife in wise counsel. Right. Yeah. So I guess the question is, how do you take things and guys like Andrew Tate and thankful that they're speaking in a way the church doesn't mm-hmm. or hasn't been able to wake up this group of guys? The church isn't red and pilling a whole bunch of guys, unfortunately, and Mm-mm. it's disappointing. But Andrew Tate is. But then what you get is a deformed man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Tate's quite the character. Um, is this Andrew Tate? It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, so maybe we should play. You want to play this clip and then just kind of like this is what we're talking about. Because I think a lot of you know yeah, who he let's is. Let's go ahead and let's play it. There's a large contingent of men out there who don't want to wear makeup, who don't want to be girls, who don't want to be told they're toxic because they want to go to the gym, who want to drive nice cars, who want to have money, who want to have hot chicks. And there's nothing wrong with us. We are not evil. We are not bad. We're not misogynistic. We're not out to hurt anybody. Let me tell you one more thing. When bad things happen, they call men like us. The feminists who hate us and call us toxic, the second they have trouble, they'll call a police officer. Do you think they want a feminist male to turn up or a man like me and you? (laughs) They need us and they use us. But the second we have an opinion, the second I decide to voice and talk about the things that we talk about, explain our points of view, they want to cancel us. They don't want us to speak. They just want us to defend them, build the railroads, build the roads, be the workhorses, be the slaves, and they think we're not allowed a point of view. Well, they made a fucking mistake. <laughs> okay. Man. Wow. I- he's usually not that intense. So he's a he's a kickboxing champion. His father was um, was a chess champion, a grandmaster. Interesting. And uh, he's a kickboxing champion, was on Big Brother some, some years ago, got kicked off for some controversy. But really what he's turned into is kind of a social media influencer. Yeah. And he blew up partially because he used his Hustler University um, as a way to get people to share clips on TikTok. Yeah. He, he really... That was uh, brilliant, by the way. He's really when University? He comes, it was uh, oh, basically bro. like a... Uh, kind of like a, a series of classes and things you could take in different areas. He's really smart at mon- monetization. But he also spread... He had so much... Um, brand awareness across platforms, it was kind of impossible to cancel. Because yeah. they kept block canceling. He used to follow me on Twitter some some years ago. And um but he kept getting uh blocked left and right. And he really had his finger on the pulse. Yeah. I think that's why I like watched guys like me who were kind of um ascended at the time and um and understands he's a marketer and a showman at and I actually he and I have quite a few mutual friends Everyone that I know that knows him knows him to actually be a really sweet, polite, and respectful guy, even mm-hmm. with the women. Mm-hmm. And um, but he plays to the camera, and like he converted to Islam. Yeah, he's like drinking. <laughs> like, he, like so, what was that all about? A I think really was, bad Muslim. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think it was really um, a marketing ploy to stay relevant, to keep in the news. Then he has cancer, and then he says, "I don't have cancer." While he was in jail, um, I do think. From what I understand of the case, I haven't done a 
total deep dive, but it does seem like a sham case that they've got him in jail for. Oh yeah, targeting uh-huh. him. Yeah, and um, what's he what's he charged <clears throat> with? I haven't even um, kept up with it this. was it was initially it was like human trafficking, yeah. but but they dropped those charges now. Yeah, and now and, it's like second some sort of secondary charge. And they're probably they're probably not going to stick him on that. And if, and if he takes it, he'll just he'll just do it to get out. Yeah, because. Um, so why are they doing that? Well, to some degree, he is destabilizing things because basically feminism has failed. It was doomed to fail. Yeah. Um, all, anything that goes against God's design is doomed to fail. So when I say things like patriarchy is inevitable, it doesn't mean there isn't a temporary uh, repression of that. It'll right. just—it's like water; it'll find its—it'll find yeah. its ground, yeah. right? Or yeah. whack-a-mole. You, you can't—you yeah. can't stop this. So what I think is happening is there's a generation saying this is bad. And they're recognizing it as bad, but they don't really what, understand what is good. Right, right. right. They don't understand positive masculinity. Yeah. And there's guys like Rolo Tomasi who writes books like The Rational Male. And and, and some of that stuff was relatively positive. It's crass in a lot of areas, and I wouldn't recommend the book, especially to young young men. I think discerning pastors might be able to, you know, pick out the corn from the pile. Right, um, right. But, uh then, um, but with, uh, t- yeah, subtle. Yeah, I've- Chicken corn. That's great. Um, <laughs> I'm right now. Anyway, yeah. Uh, I immediately wife. think, of- <laughs> but uh, moving back to Tate, I think uh, Tate has red pilled eight year olds to 16 year olds across America. Wow. And people say, oh, not my kids. Like, oh, yeah. If your kids have, or, well, my kids don't even have screens. Do they have friends who have screens? Like, you know, they they, they do. Uh, and so I had a youth gathering at my church just like a month or two ago. And I was teaching on evangelism, I think. Anyway, I asked them how many of them knew who Andrew Tate was. And at first, none of them respond. And I say, <laughs> mom and dad, leave the room real quick. <laughs> and then they all kind of like do that yep. and raise their hand. Yep. And I remember my son, I, Hudson and Athanasius, my two older boys. I said, you guys know who Andrew Tate is? You know who Cobra Tate is? And Hudson was like, sure, dad. And I was like, really? And because that was just as he was blowing up online. Right. But um, he's, he is physically fit. He's confident. He's a fighter. He's a fighter. <laughs> um, he does have beautiful women around him. Yep. He has wealth from somewhere. Um, some of it could be from the cam girls that he was running. Some of it could be from more illicit or even more illicit mm-hmm. uh, sources. Uh, but he the has cam girls. He was running cam girls uh, like oh. porn girls. Yeah. Well, what I would say one one of my critique I would make of Andrew Tate within his own worldview to kind of go Schaefer and up the worldview you you're against beta males yeah but then you've set up a, a system where you profit off them right uh-huh. you are a parasite yeah. right. Right. right right and that's what i but i call tate kind of an honest grifter mm. like he 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 is what he is like you look at hustler university it's like really in your face yeah but so the benefit of tate is young boys don't want to just play video games and look at porn anymore mm. right um and that's that's her Even though he's feeding him some of that? Well, with the porn? Yeah, yeah. well, but he would say that's a weak man does that. Mm-hmm. Even though, and that's- But like even this, though he has a business model that feeds some of that. I, Christians uh, are consistent. Non-Christians aren't. Like, yeah, like no, Christians yeah. can be consistent. Non-Christians yeah. can't be. I didn't know about right. the cam thing. Um, yeah, that's, don't forget, there's, a, there's also a hierarchy, right? And he has no problem- being the person mm-hmm. at the top of the hierarchy. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. Well, he's so, probably like some of these guys who think it's okay for the kings to have a harem. Right. Right. You know, you, you in this space, you'll get, it's always guys talking about polygamy. Like, what's your views on polygamy? My view is one woman's enough. How many women you got? He's like, I'm not married yet. And I say, oh, it's, 
Try one wife. Right. <laughs> right. Try one wife. <laughs> you really want to add two to this? You know, you think you can do that? Um, but I think he is a clearly a worldly masculinity, but there are things that appeal to men that are good desires. One is to have influence, right? Um, influence is way better than fame. Well, the reason we do this stuff is like I, we all have our bit of vanity into it, but in our, in our best moments, we're trying to influence people towards a godly That's right. goal, right? That's and right. so men respect people of influence. Trump was like that. And he had influence beyond just the kind of plastic world of politics, but also in business. Tate shows that, right? So they're interested in that. He's fit. He's strong. He can, he can stand up. No one wants to be, feel weak. That's right. And so they look up to him that way. Um, beautiful women want him. Every man wants to have the love of a woman, mm -hmm. right? It wants And wants it to be a woman that he finds to be beautiful. Um, so he has a lot of those things that captivate young men, but he has he has a nihilistic worldview. Hedonism. That, and it borrows yeah. from Christianity because he'll actually, he will um, champion traditional values at times. Absolutely. Right? Oh, he yeah. will do oh. that. And he's actually be, become a little more wholesome over the last six months or so, I think because he's making, he's just wise. He's, he's recognizing he's, he's making himself a sitting duck with those little catches. Like people will see, see, look how bad he is. But then he starts feeding people other things. So yeah, it's, it's a really confusing sort of thing. And little boys, like I remember someone said to me, um, you can't trust Mormons. They believe Jesus died on a stake. Right. And so then I asked my Mormon friend, you guys believe Jesus died on a stake? They're like, no, he died on a cross. Well, they had, confuse Mormons with Jehovah Witnesses, right? Uh -huh. okay. and so you'll hear people make these criticisms, but they don't really know what they're talking about. And then when that person says, I never said that. I can't right? trust the source now. They can't trust the source. So like actually being able to get in and um, and uh, take these guys apart. But for some people, the grossness of their language, the grossness of aspects of their life is enough to forbid people. It's not for young men. Yeah, that's right. Young men are willing to dive in and figure this out because they're desperate uh, to be to be a man desperate to have those things and they're willing to get a little dirty. So, and then having some mom tell you, Oh, he's a, he's, he's a dirty guy or whatever. Uh, that's just not gonna right. stop a lot of men for very long, yeah. especially as they, they have more access to media. That's not as controlled. And look, you, you can't, we protect our kids and we edge them into the world so they can fight, right? We don't throw them right into it. Uh, right. But at some point they have to be able to interact with these ideas. And so part of what we did, and it's good to be a man, and, and Tate wasn't what then, when we started the book, that he is now, but try to create some, say, okay, what are they appealing to? Yeah. How does, what does scripture say, right? And it's not like this, I sometimes think Protestants believe that the devil created sexual drive, <laughs> You know, it's like right. no lust yeah. is a, a dis, is a <laughs> is a disordered yeah. mm -hmm. um, desire. The desire yeah. in itself, though, does come from design, and it needs to be reordered. Just like guys like Bavink are super helpful, and those yeah. Dutch guys thought through that stuff pretty well. Mm -hmm. um, and and that's what we have to start saying. Like, no, it, you want to have lots of sex? Yeah, you do it with one woman, yeah. not with lo lots of women. That'll destroy yeah. you. Yeah. It'll empty you from the inside. You'll be full of shame. You'll have no legacy. Your whole legacy will be shameful. You don't want that, That's son. Right. right? You want power? Good. Right? But is it power of destruction? 
maybe our enemies, but a man's known by what he leaves, his house that he built, the fence that he built. You go to some old farm and you feel this fence and your grandfather put it up. Me and my grandfather put a fence up when I was a little boy. I took my wife while we were dating to visit that farm. And I just remember touching those posts. We drove that into the ground. We did that together, right? Men are known for what they build and that takes strength, right? And so, yeah, you should be strong. This is uh, uh, championing weakness is, is foolishness. Oh, but I thought Paul said, his strength is made perfect, perfect in weakness. Yes, when we understand that this world is beyond what we can do, we learn to depend on Jesus. That's not saying, you know, be scrawny and weak. That's right. not what it means there. There's a spiritual weakness right. that's talking about that is godly, the weakness that makes a man strong because you lean on Christ. Mm. Um, so these guys are saying something and there's truth to it. And uh, the feminists and kind of the white knight complementarian types mm. will not interact with it. And they're yep. losing the generation. They're losing wow. it. Right. And so it's, I, yeah, it's tried, a revival. I've tried to wake yeah. those guys up. I'm like, look, we're complementarianism. We're not that far off. You know, I think we probably can work together, but they won't. I'm like, whatever, mm. whatever. You yeah. know, if this is, if you're going to make yourself irrelevant, go make yourself irrelevant. And, right. um, and but I think they're right for the picking. And um, they have to believe the gospel, obviously, mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit. But when you talk to anyone, you enter in through some point. So woman mm-hmm. at the well, right? She wants to debate with him about places of worship, right? And Jesus says, sure, go call your husband, yeah. right? And then then she's like, I perceived you're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're a prophet. prophet. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite lines yeah. is like, yeah, yeah. you think, <laughs> you know, like that. You've had... Five husbands. And um, so the way we enter in with these young men is like, you need God, right? Why do I need God? You'll never be the man you're supposed to be without him. Right. You will be ruled by our desires. All these people you look up to, they have a stretch of winning a couple mm. years. They don't win over a whole life. They, they, you know, we can say that about any kind of pagan masculine guy. One of my favorite stories is Steve McQueen. I love the way mm. he entered his life because, you know, he's from The Great Escape. He's mm. like, he was mm. in the movie Bullet. He was kind of um, the this cool guy, masculine guy. He ends his life by getting saved, right? He ended his life a man. Hmm. And he ended his life knowing, uh, understanding hierarchy, understanding true power, and understanding true purpose. We can bring the gospel to these kids and through these men through this lens and say the sort of uh, man has control not over his body, um, but also over his emotions. And you learn that under the discipline of a father. And as you look out right now, these guys online, you see this online. That's a sample of the population sure. that's willing to act like idiots online. Yeah, sure. so you always right. got to remember it's, yeah. it's just a sample. It's not the whole. Those guys, like, you know what a paragraph break is. <laughs> it, it makes me want to read what you're writing, okay? This is a huge block of text. Yeah. And the guys that claim to be masculine, right, um, they just have no emotional control. And they rant online, and that's because their spirit's not regulated right. by the Holy Spirit. Because one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. One of the marks of maturity is temperance, right? And these guys don't know that. I respect men that can keep cool under pressure. I, right. I've, I've thought about this a lot with Doug and just other guys. Generally, a prophet, what you need in a prophet's like... Um, Charlton Heston, when he plays uh, John the Baptist, repent! He's like screaming, it's real intense. Yeah. But in an age where there is no emotional restraint, 
and people are controlled and there's the emotion. It's like fire everywhere. That's good. Right. A man who's steady that can enter in. Right. He regulates that. Right. A a father comes in, mom's freaking out. The kids are acting the fool. Dad doesn't just start screaming. Right. That's fire on fire. Right. Dad comes in. It's like, "Uh, darling, I got this. Once you just go take a walk or go down, like you come here. You yeah, know, yeah, and, right. and yeah. immediately starts regulating. That's what we need. Right. And these older men could do that, but they talk down to these young men. Mm. They talk down to them. Give me an example of that. Like, what do you mean when they well, talk down to them? Um, oh, just, you know, you just need to go to school and get a job and get married. You think they didn't try that at some level? Like, I mean, student loans made tuition explode. So basically you can get about $44,000 in loans right. from the government. When the university is like, we can get $44,000 out of these people. Right, right. You think the tuition is going to stay low? Right. The reason tuition has exploded over the last 20 yeah, years yeah, right. is because they know that. So right. uh, student loans drove the cost of schools yeah. up. Mm-hmm. right? So, And then uh, everyone started to get it bachelors in because of grade inflation, right. because they want to look good. A, uh, a, a 4.0 is not a 4.0 anymore. It's really, it's like a 3.5 or whatever. It's yeah, maybe yeah. lower. Right. So now the quality of the education is not the same. Yep. The quality of the training is not the same. Right. And the ROI on this huge investment of forty dollars to $150,000 uh, at prime time in your life is not what it once was. Then this generation has gone through two major recessions. Hmm. Um, and it used to be during a, a really good time in our country where you could uh, buy a house, own a car, and get married in the early years of your 20s. That's right. That's not easy to do right now. I'm not saying it can't be done, but they, well, I just worked through the summer. That's how I paid off. Like, dude, that's my, my books. Yeah. Right. My books are like $1,500 a semester. Summer work. What are you talking about? You know, and so they don't know that the world's changed rapidly, and sometimes they talk down. Or um, imagine what it's like. I mean, these kids have grown up. Like we're all old enough here. Like there was times where if you even wanted porn, there's no way you can get it. Where are you going to get it from? Mm. Like you know, maybe it's under your dad's bed or in your uncle's closet or something. But it's even then it, it wasn't easy and you're mm. super and there was fear of being caught. Yeah. Well now it's just on phones. We got kids that have grown up their entire life seeing social media, radical yeah. porn. I mean, yeah. like really intense stuff. And they don't know how to react to people because everything's mediated by screens. And so now we look at guys, oh, they don't know how to talk to people or do eye contact or whatever. Well, of course not. Everything's been through a screen the last couple of years. They grew up with parents that like this is our generation's failure. We were the first ones to get screens. Yeah. Many of us sat in the toilet, like the, the, the lid down, as our kids were in the tub mm. washing. And we like type, 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 early day, you know, probably mm. Farmville on Facebook yep. or something. Mm. Why are kids in there? Just a few years before that, you mm. like playing with the ducky, you're playing with the kids, you're talking to them, right? Mm. Um, but now a generation grew up where the parents don't pay attention and, mm. and then everything's through screens and and TikTok, everything's performative, everything's fake, and you can edit everything, put filters on it. Right? They don't understand. Yeah, nothing's real. Yeah, they don't. Yeah. They don't understand how to. Guys, I hate these things. Yeah, the, just yeah. I keep doing it. I just want you to know yeah. I'm trying yeah, here, no, and no. Um, yeah. you're fine. We're not, not playing fine. any more clips. If you want but, to take them out, you can. No, yeah, no, fine. it's all good. Yeah. Um, but I think that the other generation didn't have that, so it's out of ignorance sometimes that they. They talk down and say, well, why aren't you like this? And why aren't girls like They don't understand that the sexual sin that was common amongst men 15 to 30 years ago now is common among women. 
That's the right. The women are as bad so, as the men. Yeah. That's right. And and so it used to be right. like, oh, so you're saying men aren't bad? No, they they are. But I my read on it at this moment would be that women actually have probably more partners than men do mm-hmm. because men there's a inherent laziness to men. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's because our so much of our when we're redeemed, we have to work, work. We know we're made to work. That's what we do. We move stuff. We, right, we're hard workers. So men out of their laziness will just go to porn. Mm-hmm. Where women out of their desire Instead of for, actually going finding a woman yeah, to sleep with. Yeah, I think <laughs> so. And I think women yeah. out of their desire yeah. to have emotional connection or whatever yeah. want an actual person. Not that they... The, the, yeah. Well, that's even changing now too, though. It, well, <laughs> it's getting crazier. Like, how bad can we get? Well, because right? it, I think women know that men are so addicted to porn, then they know that it's really easy for them to access the man. Yep, mm-hmm. that's true. It's not hard to get to a man anymore, yeah. right? And then they know from the engagement of themselves with porn exactly what the relationship status is going to be when they do th- certain things. Yep. Yeah. They know that. And, yeah. and so I have... Me and my wife have talked about this. It's amazing to me how many women are... In, really engaged in the pornography, it's almost more than men in a lot of ways. It's exploded. And it's really under the table that they do it. It's, it's at my wife, I uh, can't even talk about some of the companies she was at. And the pornography in the back channels for girls and women was outrageous. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a kind of a dirty little secret that women are engaged almost more in pornography and enjoying it in ways that a generation ago, in our generation, it yeah. was a guy thing. Yeah. Now well, it's not the same. Women are in their early sexual experiences, the first couple of times have intercourse are getting choked more and more. And the reason that's happening is because both men and women watch pornography and because of the corruption of BDSM, uh, men think that's what women want. Yeah. Most guys don't want to choke chicks. <laughs> like oh. That's actually more of a female thing because they like to see dominance, right? It wasn't 54 million that bought 54 men, 54 million guys that bought uh, 50 Shades, Shades of Grey. Of Grey. Yeah. Right. right, it was women. Um, and, and that's a twisting too, but that's like, okay, think about that. Think right. of the people who were counseling. They've been watching hardcore stuff since single digits. They had illicit relationships where the sex was corrupted by violence and other perversions. Um, the world's telling them that masculinity is toxic. It probably feels pretty toxic when they look back on it, right? Mm. So we're like in a really crazy time. And so for this generation that grew up, um, they had, they had their own form of of fornication and all that stuff. You know, there's nothing's new under the sun, but there are different concentrations of problems and times. They, I don't think they fully get what's upon us. There's things that's about to come to hit the church. So the one that's going to hit two things, uh, tons of angry men that's not going to check out the church mm. and tons of old spinster women that listen to gospel coalition nonsense and put off getting married mm. um, <clears throat> through their 30s. Now they're in the 40s and 50s. And this has been a problem throughout church history. First uh, Timothy 5, right? They're, you're called to the, the extended family yeah. needs to take care of the widows because the church can only take care of so many mm-hmm. and it becomes a burden. Mm. Uh, also the Acts thing. What happens when we lie to women because women are getting it hard. Like women have to be not just a mom and a wife, but also a doctor. Right? They got to do. Yep. They have to have it all yep. somehow. Yep. And that's why they're all drinking. They're self nuts, though. Yeah. And that's why they're all taking all these pills. I don't know if you guys saw um, that. There's something on. Uh, there's a trend on TikTok that I saw that basically, I guess Adderall or whatever has been. There's been a shortage on it. So these girls. They're like the meth it's not hitting yeah. like it used to. Yeah. So the the amount of women on drugs right now is is mind boggling. Uh, young wow. women, and I think it's because they're under so much pressure to live in a way that against their design, right? Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, these are the situations that we're yeah. dealing with. Right. And I don't think a lot of people get it. And it, and it sounds like chicken little stuff to them kind of right. When you're saying it like because, foreign, well, just like you're overselling it. Mm-hmm. And I, I've heard people say, uh, criticize me as alarmist. So I'm like, well, let's find out. Let's find out what, what are you going to do in a church? Like, okay. I've ministered to old people and old women, like can't get enough of someone being around them when they don't have a husband or aim or the kid and the kids are away. Uh, they're just desperate for human connection right. and you pour into them and it's like dry sand. Like it'll take as much water as you can give it. Mm-hmm. And uh, imagine a church bogged down with a hundred of those, mm-hmm. right? It's like, will we love them? We will, but it is always, that's a burden. It's hard to do. And you guys created it. You white knights, you like took these compliant women, said, go be a missionary, go do all this stuff. You can have kids later. Uh, never mind biology and reality. Right. Um, and they followed them. And now where are those guys at? Right. Mm. Are they going to be there to take care of these women in their 50s, 60s, and 70s? Of course they're not. That's what family's for. Right. That's the whole point of First uh, Timothy 5. Your extended family, your natural family takes care of the spiritual family, steps in and does what it can. Um, but the nat- it falls to... Uh, those that belong to your household and extended household. And, right. Yeah. So this is our situation. And, and we're fixing to run it. Like you were saying, we're going to run into this generation where all the, all these families are broken, but yep. they're still growing up. Mm-hmm. Right. They're, they're still right. going to need to be taken care of when they get older. Right. Uh, <clears throat> and there's going to be no family structure to take care of this like next generation and no social security. How much time you got pastor? I'm good. Okay. You know, um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm good too. I, I really don't. Yeah. Why are you still wearing my glasses? I don't. I don't know because Michael was wearing his, so I was like, I'll just wear oh, glasses okay. for the show. He's like, he's like, I want to be a man too. Yeah. yeah. So, I, do you yeah. look like an intellectual? Is this, man? is this how I do it? I, yeah, I'm part, looking part forward to your uh, forthcoming book on uh, strategies in 17th century cottage industry. industry. <laughs> <laughs> how, to, how to raise chickens? How about how to keep chickens alive? Keep chickens alive. <laughs> you yeah. work on that. So here's what I want to talk about a little bit. I, I I think you really did a great job of working through what we're up against and the problem that we have in our blind side. I want to talk about now because I um I was just reading was it Bruce Wiltke I think it was Waltke Waltke thank oh, you okay. about uh, about this very thing and he's like it is a sin that they have told women to wait longer to have children because they have in, um helped produce a culture that won't have children to raise the next generation. Yes. Right? Like that. And, and mm-hmm. when we're talking about this, there's another book called What to Expect When No One's Expecting. We have no idea the damages economically that happen to a society yeah. when we put off marriage. There are places in uh, the U.K., where they're being overrun by wolves and animals because the birth rates are so low. They are out there in the same place uh, hiring prostitutes and hookers to work care for the old because they said, hey, they got good people skills. They, you know, I mean, and, and that's the they people. They got time. They got time. Are, yeah, exactly. They can work in the morning and, and so at night. Because they don't have any families and they don't have anybody to work. Yeah. There is a problem to this, and people yeah. think. That, no, this is wickedness. You mm-hmm. understand? This yeah. is yeah. wickedness yeah. enters society. But I don't want. I want to talk about now. I want to talk kind of the two people. I want to talk about the people who have a family with younger children who are saying, oh, wow, I wasn't aware of this. And maybe I've been in the dark about where what where my kids are um, as they're growing up. And I want to make sure I, I want to phrase this carefully. I'm not concerned about the fear of them finding Andrew Tate. Mm-hmm. I want to be concerned about the fear <laughs> of raising them in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Right? I, I want to make sure that my heart is. Because if you do things in fear, if you're like, I don't want them to find out Andrew Tate, you failed. Yeah, you failed. Yeah. I don't want them to find about you know uh, Jordan Peterson. You f- that, that's not what the goal is. The goal isn't fear; it's to operate in faith. What has God required you to do? So, could you speak a little bit to? Um, I love for everybody to pile on this. What's the 
orders for us right now with our kids and where we're at in light of we got the screens, we got the culture that's here, we got the fight. Um, and and then I want to talk about what about the, the kids who are exposed to this that we have? How do we get them and turn the corner over them where we say, oh, man, let's boomerang this. Mm-hmm. So first talk to those people who maybe are in the beginning, they're not kids, haven't reached to the tape point, but there's going to be somebody there. Right. Yeah. Let's talk to that family real quick. How do they um, operate first, in faith? First, you buy your son a dart shooter. Yeah. 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 Low yeah. dart gun. Low yeah. dart gun. It's a good place possums to start. in life. First, you yeah. have something to attract the possum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying chickens. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. Yeah, man. Um, well, okay. Always just, you know, kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. So here's the first thing is raise your, catechize your kids and practice family religion. Right. That's going to go a long way. So mom, dad, lead your, your children around the dinner table, breakfast. It doesn't matter where where you do it or even when, but just that you do it consistently through week after week after week. Right. Teach them to sing. Teach them scripture. Uh, catechism, whatever catechism you use. I like uh, our kids learn both the first catechism that the OPC puts out mm-hmm. and then uh, the shorter catechism. And I, I got a rule. You... Uh, once you memorize, if you, you memorize, you get 150 once you do the shortest catechism, 500 for shorter catechism, and a new car if you do the larger. No! Okay, y'all, y'all hear that? Whoa. He's going to give y'all new cars. My daughters are here. They're going to give you new yeah. cars. I mean, larger catechism memorized. Oh, it deserves a car, I think. Oh, 100%. Right. I like that. Yeah, I mean, seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Knox is um, right down the, the level. <laughs> but we, yeah. but um, challenge them. that. But I also think... Uh, around the dinner table, we we have mature conversations. You know, I'll ask, Amen. Like, you yeah. know, like, but so I had the benefit of growing up with um, kind of the greatest generation. My grandmother was uh, uh, survived World War II and then immigrated mm. here. Mm. And then my grandfather that she she married, who re- remarried, who's my functional grandfather, was uh, quite, quite much, like 20 years older than her. Okay. So he was a whole other generation. But I knew to sit at the dinner table and shut up and let the adults talk. And as you got older, you're allowed to ask questions. And then I had I lived with them longer, you get to a certain age, you can actually participate. But let them hear us talk about politics. Let, let them hear us talk about social issues and business. Yeah. And uh, I'm really involved in business in my life. And my kids know a lot about the land deals I'm trying to make happen and uh, the, the, the tax abatements that I'm concerned about <laughs> yeah. these things, right? right? right. They're hearing me uh, go on back and forth and they can ask questions. They're learning about the real world. So number one, just like that mealtime uh, that uh, brings scripture and reading to it, it, it can be five minutes, man. It can like just oh, yeah. start, right? So start having that because uh, when they say, you know, your parents let you down or whatever, they're thinking, my dad read my the Bible dad. to me, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. Um, come on, and now. then take them, take them with you to Home Depot when you buy stuff, when you fix things. Mm-hmm. Those basic things, this cumulative force, right, mm. is what matters most. Everyone wants a silver bullet. Everyone, cumulative force, yeah, I like, I like that. that. It builds up over time, yeah, and and that's kind of annoying because that's hard. You have to be consistent. A lot of our problems. Uh, is not knowledge. We, we Everyone thinks we need more knowledge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't. You, you usually have enough to start. You, you could use more, but are you acting on all the good things you should be doing right Come now? Come on now. Right. So start that. Uh, then find a church that's faithful. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to tick all your boxes, but it, it needs to preach grace and repentance, work through the word of God, 
have a value the sacraments, value worship, right? Uh, let your kids have access to the pastors there, whatever. Find that. Uh, either join one and reform it, uh, move and join one, or or plant and help start a new one. You have to do it, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, those two factors is w- why we're in the situation. Come on. It's the failure. Yeah. It's the breakdown of the family, the breakdown of the church. That's right. So I always remind people the way we lost the culture war had nothing to do with guns. No one pointed a gun at our head. We we, we gave it over, right? right? Right. The other thing is those... those the other thing we need to do. Have you ever heard that when you preached? Uh, in uh, my uh, head, uh, sometimes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I heard, I heard Norgan. I love I heard Norgan. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Right here. In my head sometimes. <laughs> yes, I'm going to remember yeah. that. Well, sometimes they'll get there and say, thank you. And they're like, <laughs> what? I didn't say anything. <laughs> is, my, that, is that organ, right? In my mind, I heard someone yeah. preach. Come on. Come on, preach. But I think the other thing we really need, and this is one of the, the good things, one of the best things about Moscow, right? There's there's faithful churches in a lot of places. Like God God is not mocked. God, yeah. God has blessed the faithful efforts of of many other pastors, m- many who we don't even know their name. That's yeah. right. good men. That's right. right. So that's everywhere. Uh, but one thing that's a little unique here is that this is a center of Christian media, right? Mm-hmm. So between you guys, cross politics, some of the other uh, mm-hmm. ventures here, Roman Roads, yeah. these guys are producing curriculum, the stories, movies, books, poems. This is a center of education, documentary. Like, like, it's good, it's to, good, be good to be a man coming yeah. out soon. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to change your life. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, you don't have to read a book. You can just watch a movie. My goodness. And how, you can become a man. How easy do I have to make it? Um, but uh, anyway, we need we need captivating stories. Me and your bud, Marcus, yeah. talk about this, about how liberals are always um, eating conservatives' lunch because t- in the abortion conversation, yeah. oh, uh, here we go. The one percent of people are that have abortions have to do with rape or something. Okay, yeah, and then yeah. then the liberals are like, here's Jenny. Jenny was abused by her stepfather, and due yeah. to medical uh, options, was able to recapture her life. And now she's a doctor helping little children over in Africa. Right? Right. right. right? So it's like a narrative. Yep. It yeah. tugs at you. It pitches yep. a story, right? And conservatives are like, numbers, math, right? <laughs> right. And mm-hmm. um, which one's more compelling? Yeah. Yeah. Well, conservatives are losers. And they say, oh, that's mean. Well, look around. You winning? Yeah. This is what winning looks like right. with the whole white superiority. I've met a few of those guys. That I say, so this is what superiority looks like, eh? This is supremacy right here. Oh my gosh, I'm impressed. Um, But um, (laughs) I ain't saying nothing. (laughs) But uh, we need we need stories and songs and poems, some that we can reach back and grab that are evergreen, will always be great, and people should know. But we also need things that are in the rhetoric of the day that engages with the struggle of the day. Uh, and 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 help those kids think through it. I don't have, really have a problem with my kids watching. Uh, well, all my kids hate Marvel now. They hate it. Yeah, my right. kids are about there now. And they don't think this next phase is going to work at all. They no, do not like it. I, I didn't watch. Um, I didn't watch uh, Thor and asked my son well, how was he. He's like, oh, it was so gay. But I said, why? Why is it gay? And and so we talked about it. And, and basically, what they did is they just took Thor. And made him a bumbling idiot. Yeah. I can't get anything right. Yeah. And there's nothing heroic about it. Right. Yeah. And then there's you see some of these films, like I actually saw this Indian film called R R R. I actually 
I'm gonna risk gonna take a risk here. It's a little violent in spots, but I do recommend that movie. Okay. R R R. Yeah, R R R. The letter, uh, the letters. Rise, revolt, and arise, ride, and revolt, or something. It's this Indian okay. film. Carter, Carter, you see it? They're you killing it? it right Carter, there. Carter, Carter, Oh, it's a fantastic movie. Um, what What's captivating about it to me is there's two male protagonists that are good, and that's it. And they love each other, and they have brotherhood, and it's strength, and they're fighting a, um, evil. And guess what? It's just evil. Because they complain because <laughs> the British are depicted as like like crazy, goofy evil. So just remove the politics out for a moment. Isn't it nice to have bad guys? They're just bad. Right. Because some bad guys, they don't actually have a heart of gold and they're misunderstood. Yeah. Right. They have a black heart and they love their sin. Yeah. Um, so I'm watching this and I'm thinking, why am I so refreshed? Right. Or, and then I saw Avatar, Way of Water. It went on forever, man. It's yeah. just I thought it would never end. Yeah. And then but I was, it I was bored. It was pretty boring. He yeah. really likes uh alien whales. But um <laughs> but what I took away from that is like, it, it was funny. There's nothing gay in it. And it more or less had intact family structures. Mm -hmm. And it was like, that was just refreshing. <laughs> so, so introducing people back to media, the culture, it's culture ability. We have to do that. And we have to interact with the ideas. Like I asked my kids, like, what do you like about Avatar? What do you not like? Yeah. Have these conversations. What, what, what do you like about Tate? What's likable? It's like his attitude. What do you like about his attitude? I don't know. I like his confidence. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's good, right? I wonder how real it is. You know, uh, when, you know, no <laughs> one stood on with, yeah, mm. no one stood with me, but the Lord stood with me, right? Mm -hmm. Paul before Nero. And I think having these conversations, but just making it forbidden and shaming them for every little form is not going to be good. We That's where we start. So household, right? Round the table, church, get them involved. Tell them they're not the church of tomorrow. They're church of today right now. Um, get them, get them reading good books, classical mm -hmm. books that are awesome and new books that are cutting edge. Like it's good to be man from Canon. Um, <laughs> heard about that. Man. And, um, <laughs> but, it's uh, it's going to be good. I got, I got to run now. So okay. we, we got to wrap up, but okay. I, I want to make sure you get your County by uh, before country plug in. What's going on? What's happening? Yes. Um, uh, I love August, that title County before country. That's, yeah. It's so good. I love that. Yeah. Great it's, work. Uh, it's going to be August 31st. That's a Thursday through Saturday, mm -hmm. um, September 2nd. This year we're having... It's Labor Day weekend, basically. Yeah, it is, or, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And uh, we're going to have a singles mixer event with dancing. Mm -hmm. It'll be really fun. So mm -hmm. all you autistic warm reform guys, like... <laughs> You should probably. Wow. Is, that a, is that a large demographic? Oh, it is great. a relatively oh, large yeah. demographic. That's great. Um, work mm -hmm. on your skills, girls. I'm trying. Um, <laughs> and trying then to help you all. We'll yeah. have Ben and Rebecca out there. Uh, Marco. Marcos. Marcos. Yeah. So this year's uh, topic is planting churches, yeah. starting schools, and making homes. So it'll be myself, Garrett Craw, yeah. who's oh, a yeah. CRC Texan. pastor. He's a Texan now. He is. Yeah. He's a uh, Lone Star State guy. Yeah. But uh, then uh, my friend Michael Clary, some other, uh, other Aaron Wren will be back. Aaron, yeah, yeah. Always, like Aaron Wren's that like lovable contrarian. Like yeah. you just know he's going to say something. He likes making people mad. Yeah. And those are my yeah. sort of people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And well, then, man, appreciate having you yeah, here. Seriously. I really do. Yeah. That was yeah. great. Yeah. Appreciate your work and, uh, and keep mm -hmm. it up. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Since Thank you've been preaching, I'm going to close out with this. If you're single, get married. If you're married, have you some kids. And if you have you some kids, come on. Go baptize them until Monday. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, 
and feast. This is Cross Politics. I was, kind of, I was kind of hoping you were going to let Michael do that in his voice. Oh, go, oh, oh yeah, oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. Looking for a job isn't easy. It used to be that you could apply at a big-name tech company and build a great career for yourself. But times have changed. Many of these companies have gone full woke. And if you aren't the right gender, ethnicity, you don't use pronouns, or if you're not an activist for the preferred cause, then good luck. Why would you risk your career on that? At Red Balloon, we're connecting good employees with top quality companies that value you for your skills and your work ethic, not your social activism score. Employers who post jobs on Red Balloon are focused on creating an enjoyable and productive work culture, free from divisive woke mandates. So if you want to find a serious career path without the nonsense, come to Red Balloon and post your resume today. Because you shouldn't have to choose between your job and your values. That's redballoon.work, where you can find your future.